Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. On. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Spark Rentals, Facebook Live, podcast, YouTube, you name it. All of the above. <laughs> yes. Thanks for tuning in, and please just throw in the comments where you're joining us from. Um, let us know how you're doing. Bad jokes. <laughs> oh, jokes are good. Bad, bad <laughs> and good. My husband tells lots of bad ones. <laughs> ah, it's a husband's prerogative. Yes. He's a dad joke king, we call him. <laughs> so we all know that the housing market's been like crazy. Um, and then the speculation's even crazier. So we're going to talk today about how to not worry about it so much. So six <laughs> ways to protect yourself, even during housing market corrections. So it is possible to invest and be successful in any housing market. So Absolutely. with that being said, to start us off, Brian, like what are some things that, that people can do, look out for, whatnot? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a good moment to have this conversation because during the pandemic and in the immediate aftermath of the pandemic, so the housing markets just shot upward from <laughs> mid-2020 through mid-2022. Some markets saw like 70% appreciation in that time, some even more than that. So it was just goofy. You know, there, there was a little like bubbly, right? It had the feel of a real estate bubble. And then in mid-2022, uh, housing markets started cooling because that, that kind of growth was not justified by some of the economic fundamentals in, in those cities. So there's been a correction since mid-2022, which has all the pundits, you know, putting the, the headlines out there, trying to put the fear of God into people, right? Uh, because fear and alarm sells sells as a headline, right? Uh, so, you know, if you read the, the newspaper or, you know, what do people read these days? I don't know, blogs, yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. podcasts, I are TV, right. radio, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, all the pundits are out there talking about how real estate's a total mess right now, how, you know, housing markets are crashing left and right. Uh, and it is true that there are some markets, in fact, there are hundreds of cities that have seen home prices decline uh, over the last quarter, um, and in some cases since mid-2022. So it's not that housing corrections never happen, and it's not even that we're not in one right now, because many markets, I mean, all real estate is local, of course, uh, some markets are doing just fine and still appreciating, but some are correcting right now. And that is part of the normal real estate market cycle. It's really part of any market cycle, yeah. right? Uh, so that's that's just how it goes. That's what happens in stock markets, albeit in much more volatile and extreme ways in stock markets. Real estate markets are much calmer and less volatile than stock markets, which is exactly why people invest in it. One of the many reasons why people invest in real estate is that it is a hedge against stock market crashes. Stock markets correct and, and crash and shoot upward all the time. It, it, it bounces all over the place. So a lot of investors also invest in real estate 
to protect against some of that volatility in stock markets. So, you know, keep that in mind first and foremost that real estate markets are much more stable than stock markets, even when they have a correction like we're seeing right now, still much less volatile than stock markets. And you definitely would say diversification. So this doesn't mean get all your money out of the stock market and put it in the real estate market. No, not at all. No, a, a healthy portfolio has a mix of stocks and real estate and, you know, maybe bonds if you're, if you're older, uh, you know, maybe alternative assets, you know, and within each of those buckets, you, you should have a bunch of diversification too, right? Your stock market portfolio should include U.S. stocks and international stocks and small cap stocks, mid cap stocks, large cap stocks, you know, stocks <laughs> in the technology sector, stocks in the retail sector, you know, whatever you, you want. Massive in the weed. Yeah. Sector at this point. <laughs> right, stocks, sure. Uh, you know, if if you don't mind some uh, some extra volatility there, uh, but yeah, diversification is how you protect against a crash in any one sector, right? So, anyway, that's that's the high level view. Let's drill down to how you can protect your real estate portfolio from corrections, from downturns in the market, which do happen occasionally, not nearly as often in real estate as in stocks, but it does happen as we just outlined. So six things you can do to protect your real estate holdings against downturns. Uh, first of all, first thing you can do is invest for cash flow and not count on or assume appreciation, right? Appreciation normally happens. It's great. Uh, over time, Real estate does appreciate because there are more people trying to share the same amount of land, right? So yes, values do go up over time typically, but cash flow is much more stable because rents almost never decline. Uh, and they, they don't ever decline on a nationwide level, even during recessions. So home prices do often dip during recessions. Rents, at worst, they just flatline for a year or two. Uh, but even during the, the Great Recession, when home prices nationwide crashed 25 to 30%, rents just flatlined. So if you invest for cash flow, you inherently get uh, much more stable returns that way. And yeah, appreciation will probably happen, but don't assume on it ha happening, right? Don't count on it happening. All right, number two, uh, invest in solid, stable neighborhoods. Uh, do not invest in uh, super, super low-end war zone neighborhoods. Um, <laughs> and you can also be careful about investing in super, super high-end neighborhoods because the the margins, the profit margins in super, super high-end neighborhoods tend to be pretty thin. So there's not much margin for error there. Uh, but, you know, solid middle-class neighborhoods, uh, those tend to be much more stable cash flow-wise. So uh, that's second tip here. As you invest for cash flow. Uh, number three, you can consider investing in affordable housing, but be selective about it, right? So instead of investing in those, those war zones, like, like we mentioned a minute ago, uh, you can invest in things like mobile home parks. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the ultimate affordable housing. And when you invest in a mobile home park, uh, the park doesn't necessarily own the actual mobile homes. They rent the pads. So it's it's easier to manage a mobile home park uh, with with just pads. It's easier to evict people from those pads and so on and so forth. So it's another option on the table. Uh, and we'll talk in a few minutes about some very easy and low cost 
ways to invest in mobile home parks if you're interested. All right, number four is screen the heck out of your tenants. <laughs> Denny, you and I have talked about this uh, many, many times. And it surprises me still that people sometimes don't even. They just take people at their word and everything else, so. Yeah, so, you know, screening tenants is not just a matter of running reports, although you should do that, but it goes beyond just running credit reports, criminal reports, eviction history reports on applicants. You need to call up their current and former landlords. You need to call up their employer, their supervisor. You know, what kind of worker are they? Are they reliable? Do they show up on time mm -hmm. every day? Uh, how, what's their likelihood of continued employment? You know, you ask their landlord, you know, do they pay the rent on time? How do they treat the the property? You know, drive by if you can drive by, drive yeah. by and see what the out. That's a, such a clue. The outside yeah. of the property <laughs> and inside, if you can get inside. Well, yeah. But the bottom line here is that stable and reliable tenants lead to stable and reliable rental income. So screen the heck out of your tenants. Only put the best of the best tenants in your units. All right. Number five, insure against rent defaults. You can buy insurance policies every year that guarantee that you'll collect the rents for every month. So if the tenant stops paying, you file a claim with the insurance, they kick in and they, they pay you the rent until you find a replacement tenant. So uh, that is a very simple and easy way to protect yourself against uh, market downturns and, and just to protect your cash flow. I mean, we protect general. the stuff. We protect the building. Why not protect the income? Exactly. Uh, and we'll, we'll put a link to where you can uh, find those kinds of insurance policies as well in the comments here. All right. Number six, invest in self-storage facilities because people need places to store their stuff in both good markets and in bad markets. So in good markets, people are buying lots of stuff, um, buying bigger homes, but maybe they don't have, uh, maybe they haven't moved into the bigger home yet. Um, so in good markets, People need places to store their, all their stuff. In bad markets, people downsize. So what do they do with all their extra stuff that they can't fit into their new uh, smaller home? They put it in storage. So It's crazy so because during COVID, office space was not, not where to go because everybody <laughs> was starting to work from home and they were leaving office space. But storage facilities, they, they actually, some of them didn't have space. They were going nuts. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, self-storage facilities are a really nice hedge against recessions. Uh, you know, you can never say recession-proof investments, uh, but these are a perfect example of recession-resistant investments. It's like the closest you can get to a recession-proof investment. And finally, number seven, uh, a bonus tip or how to actually invest in things like self-storage facilities, mobile home parks, is invest in real estate syndications. And uh, these are commercial properties where you buy in as a fractional owner so that you don't have to actually go out and spend a million or two million or three million dollars on an entire self-storage facility or an entire mobile home park or whatever. Uh, you just buy in as a fractional owner. Uh, and we have a, an investment club that every month, this is what we do. We, we pick a deal and we uh, invest in it as a club so that each person's minimum investment is much, much lower than the normal minimum investment for these, uh, which is comparable to like a down payment on a rental property. So yeah, the, the normal minimum investment for a real estate syndication is like 50 grand, hundred grand. Most of us don't have that lying around. Um, but in our investment club, we dropped that down to five grand 
uh, which is way easier than coming up with a down payment or investing in a real estate syndication by yourself. And you can invest in multiple uh, deals. So if one doesn't do well, the other one might. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's... Which ties us back to diversification, right? <laughs> We've come full circle with the diversification. And uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the comments as well to where you can uh, check out uh, real estate syndications and our investment club, you know, if you're interested in doing that and joining us. So... Denny, what did I miss? Anything that you want to add here before we call this episode complete? No, I think you covered it all. I just want to add one thing that you always say, but never, you can't just, we can't time the market. So don't <laughs> even try anymore to do that. I mean, that never works either. Just as a warning. It's a fool's game. You know, I have some humility. People that are way smarter and better informed than you whose job it is to analyze these huge reams of data and analyze the market, they can't time the market accurately. And if they can't do it, you can't do it. So humility. (laughs) (laughs) And as a final thought, we did, we talked in the beginning of this episode about um, some cities around the country that are seeing a housing market correction right now. We have an interactive map of what those cities are, the cities that do have uh, home prices that have declined quarter over quarter. Uh, we'll put a link to that that interactive map as well if you're curious about checking that out. Absolutely. All right. On that note, we will part ways until uh, next Tuesday. Next Stay in touch. Hit us up at uh, support at sparkrental.com, what you want to hear more about. And please, if you enjoy these broadcasts, you know, the, the YouTube uh, and the Facebook Lives and the, <laughs> and the podcast, you know, we release this in all kinds of different formats. But if you enjoy these, please, you know, like like the show, like the episodes, share them with your, your friends who might be interested in this. Uh, leave positive reviews on things yes. like iTunes and Stitcher and, and so forth. Uh, all right. All Thank right. you, guys. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side.